Absolutely. And the great thing about the swine industry um, in the United States is we implemented these uh, the foundation of our practice of ethical responsible practice, which is the we care ethical principles. So those six principles that span essentially human, animal and environmental health before One Health was really in vogue in industry. Right. We were already saying, hey, these things are important. And so it makes sense that it maps back to that. And it just shows you the power of the One Health approach. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts, MS Gold, the best hygiene products and livestock farming. Swine management to the next level. Cloudfarms.com. Ivonic. We are sciencing the global food challenge. This episode's sponsored highlight is about MS Shippers. Want to save up to 25% in labor time when cleaning your barns? With MS Top Foam Power, you effectively remove all historical pollution. MS Top Foam Power ensures the surface is perfectly clean and ready for disinfection. Find your dealer at www.msgold.eu. Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Greiner, your host for today's Swine It podcast. And with me today, I have Dr. Heather Fowler, who is the Director of Producer and Public Health at the National Pork Board. Heather, how are you today? I am doing well. Well, we're glad to have you on today. Um, but before we start talking about our topic, maybe I'll have you do a little bit more of an introduction about yourself for our listeners today. Sure, happy to. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm the Director of Producer and Public Health at the National Pork Board. I've been in this role for about six years now, at least six years in August. Um, so, um, that work anniversary is coming up here around the corner. I am originally from New Jersey, born and raised, and I now reside in South Jersey. Not the town I grew up in, but um, I made my way back home. Um, I went to, um, a lot of my education was here in the East Coast, went to vet school um, at the University of Pennsylvania. I also have a master's of public health from the Yale School of Public Health. Um, I worked in Minnesota. That was my first foray into the Midwest, if you will. Um, at the Minnesota Department of Health for two years, part of a fellowship. Um, I then completed a PhD in worker safety and health with an emphasis on um, veterinarians, or excuse me, veterinary um, personnel and um, animal care workers. So that includes our farmers, groomers, all sorts of folks, anyone that interacts with animals as a result of their work um, to understand what those safety implications are and how to um, improve safety behaviors overall. Um, immediately after um, completing uh, that program, I started at the National Pork Board in 2017. So um, I bring with me to this role or I brought with me to this role um, a knowledge and understanding of public health, worker safety, and then one health. My PhD and my master's work um, really covered the, the, really worked on um, implementing the one health approach and utilizing that to solve some of our complex issues that we have in public health. Wonderful. Well, you've had quite an adventure into into the Midwest, and we're glad to have you on today. Um, 
Let's talk about One Health. Some of our listeners may not be even familiar with what One Health is. So could you maybe start there and and introduce what One Health is? So One Health is really a framework of how we might approach really complex issues that span multiple areas. So One Health, the framework includes human health, animal health, and environmental health. So recognizing there are times where issues or topics or research questions and problems will span all three of those issues or areas, excuse me. So it's important for for us when when um, dealing with those types of issues or topics that we look at the problem holistically and recognize that there's going to be a need to cover um, those different areas. So um, what One Health really calls for is a multidisciplinary or even transdisciplinary, so transcending those disciplines type of approach that pulls individuals and experts for different areas to come together to help solve a complex issue. An example of that, for instance, is COVID, right? We noticed early on we had an emerging viral disease. It was a coronavirus. We know in veterinary medicine, there's all sorts of coronaviruses that affect different species, including humans, right? And so there was the need to have this holistic approach of bringing in um, human health folks, um, veterinarians, um, scientists, researchers, um, environmental experts, microbiologists, etc., um, virologists to better understand all the different parts and pieces, um, what the impact of this virus is on us as people, what other animals might be affected, and then what are the different consequences? How does it exist in the environment? Uh, what are the long-term effects? All of those different things. And we did kind of see, we saw a kind of a hodgepodge of species that were affected um, with this virus. So it was really important. If we were only looking at the people, we would miss some really important information about how the the, the virus is um, spread to um, spread and even maintained in the environment. Yeah, yeah it's a very good example of, of what One Health is and how we would think about it. Um, let's maybe jump into pigs, though. So how would it apply to our swine producers and sustainability even? Um, as we talked yesterday a little bit about sustainability, let's kind of bring that back in and and how does that apply today? So within the swine industry, I would argue we apply the One Health approach every day. And um, even with COVID early on, we didn't know, hey, can pigs get it? What does that mean for our workers in the barn? How do we protect pigs and people? But it's a good point to point out that One Health, though historically has been used to address infectious disease issues, Every day on the farm, we are working in a One Health way. So it doesn't always have to be infectious disease, though obviously there is that component of um, production. In the swine industry, our farmers every single day are um, producing food, essentially, right? Um, And we want to make sure that food is safe, it's nutritious, um, that our consumers enjoy it so it's delicious. Um, they want to make sure that they're doing what's right for the environment as they produce that product. So um, what are their production production methods and how can we make sure that we're not having a, a negative impact, if you will, on the environment? So how do we how do we work as good stewards of the environment? The public health piece is recognizing um, that the 
that again, we're, we're, we have individuals that are working directly with animals. So there could be a disease transmission risk, right? That's why we remind our, our workers to get vaccinated. That's why we have um, for influenza, for instance. That's why we have our veterinarians that implement herd health plans to um, really address disease incidents in the pigs and recognizing that some of those conditions can, in fact, be shared across pigs and people. Um, the worker safety piece, recognizing even that the worker environment, i.e. the barn environment, is the same animal housing environment. So it goes into, again, animal health and then animal well-being even. So we're thinking of human health issues, public health, food safety. We're thinking of worker safety. We're thinking about the environment. And then we're thinking about the animals. All of those things our farmers are balancing every single day. So we're absolutely applying the One Health approach. Um, so it makes sense that as we think about sustainability and the sustainability of our system, that we pull those same issues, those same areas forward when trying to implement a sustainable or trying to reach a sustainable outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good example or a good discussion point because yesterday when we were visiting with Jamie Burr, we heard something very similar in that sustainability isn't just environmental, it's the business, it's pig livability. And again, if we think about a sick pig, sick pigs aren't as efficient in what they do. So then it changes the environmental outcome. And so all of this is, is very much connected to just sustainability. So absolutely. And the great thing about the swine industry um, in the United States is we implemented these, uh, the foundation of our practice of ethical responsible practice, which is the we care ethical principles. So those six principles that span essentially human, animal and environmental health before One Health was really in vogue in industry, right? We were already saying, hey, these things are important. And so it makes sense that it maps back to that. And it just shows you the power of the One Health approach. So even if you call it something else, in our case, the We Care Ethical Principles, we are implementing a One Health approach to reach a sustainable outcome. And I think that's an interesting comment because, yeah, I've had my series of previous versions of the We Care uh, program sitting on my shelf and and they all have very similar principles to them but we never really define them as one health and so i think that's an interesting statement is that this isn't anything new in some of the newer conversations we've been having with the pork board it's been there but we've just never really put it in this framework is that a fair statement Definitely. I am a One Health champion, so I view things in a One Health way all the time. And I will tell you, when I first started at the National Pork Board in 2017, um, we used to have uh, different images on the walls. We've since updated those. But one was that symbol pig, so the outline of the ideal market hog. Um, and within it, it had a word cloud and very large. And in the center were people, pigs, and planets. And I, so I thought to myself, okay, animal, uh, humans, animals, and the environment, that is one health. This is one health, but we weren't necessarily using that phrase or that term. Yes, yes, very good. So when we think about the, the public health component and the our health or one health and then the we care principles, how do they all connect? In so many ways, they're, they're one and the same, right? The we care ethical principles, again, map back to that framework. Public health is a component 
of the One Health approach and a component of the We Care Ethical Principles, um, but just similar to the One Health approach. You can't really tease them apart. You can't necessarily do one. All six of those We Care Ethical Principles are important, and we need to make sure we're implementing them. With that said, I think when people think about One Health implementation, they say, well, how do I do it? I can't do it all at once. Well, you and I can't go One Health outside today, right? We recognize that there's often teams involved. There, You need to be able to take a deep dive in each pillar. So to your point, public health, there's a set of experts, researchers, um, et cetera. There's practices that are tied specifically to public health that allows us to take a deep dive in that area. But then what we bring to the table, that larger we care discussion and for our producers, thinking of PQA plus, all of those um, good production practices that are outlined. There isn't just one and one area. There are practices within each and every area. So we're able to take a deep dive, explain what all needs to be done or what should be done from an ethical, responsible perspective, put all that together. And that's how really in the swine industry, we implement that One Health approach. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed. You just started my my next question actually was around the steps, right? Because again, our farmers hear so many different words and, and phrases. And so One Health maybe sounds like something new and they're like, what do we do with this? And you started that that comment of, well, to start with the We Care principles, but what are some other things they could be doing to be thinking about One Health in a little bit more detail um, as they go through their daily activities? Yeah, and again, I think it ties into our sustainability efforts. Um, to your point about, you know, the name can be intimidating. It's this new term, new phrase. How do I do it? I, I you know, my job is to frame it up as a one health issue or one health approach, right? So it's like, uh, that's that's the role I play. Our producers are already doing it. We're taking credit for it now and we're sharing that story out, right? And that helps us reach a different audience, right? If we were only talking, if we only said we care and we didn't necessarily connect it to that one health approach and that one health framework, then we would have to, to kind of, it's not necessarily explain it a bit more, but there would be more work to connect it to different audiences, especially our public health colleagues and our um, our human health colleagues even, right? Because our human health colleagues are working in this one health space as well. So that's our, our essentially our bridge. And that's, that's something that I bring to the National Court Board, being able to frame it up in that way. Um, and that's because I'm a one health champion and I, I have worked in this space and I see the benefit and, and recognize that it is real. This is what we're doing. So for my producers, rest easy. You know, that's the the support that we bring um, for them at the National Pork Board. We know they're already doing it. Um, and so we're here to share that story. Um, but within the industry as well, we have the the mantra of continuous improvement. So we know that within each and every pillar within that those we care ethical principles, there's the opportunity to continue to improve. So to continue to uh, make strides in the space of environmental health, um, funding research in that space to better understand the existing body of literature, to add to that body of literature, to improve our practices even. Last year, we funded, um, we partnered with the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research on air quality research. That was our way to understand what our air quality, um, um, potential sources of air quality um, issues within the barn. And then what were the implications for the neighboring community? Because we know within the barn, we talked about earlier, that's the worker environment. 
that's the animal environment. And there could be health implications for those folks, right? Um, but then we also know the impacts on the larger community. So if we study and understand what the air quality sources are potentially in the barn, we can then help address that, right? We already know we're trying to be good stewards of the environment, be good neighbors from the community aspect of those we care ethical principles. This allows us to continue to improve upon those practices and make sure that we're science-based while doing so. Great. One of the the things I have a question for you on is that, you know, we're coming into fall. And when I think of public health in the swine industry, influenza comes to mind, right? I think that's probably the number one zoonotic disease we talk about in the swine industry. And so what should we be thinking about as we walk into this fall and we think about the One Health program and, and the We Care principles? Absolutely. So this fall and, you know, every fall, as we think about entering into flu season, right, it's a reminder to our producers the importance of vaccine programs. So making sure they're getting vaccinated for influenza and they're staying home if they're sick, right? Because this is an example of a disease that can be shared between people and pigs, right? Also remind you to work with your veterinarian if you identify signs of respiratory disease in your herd, right? So involving that veterinarian to help address that issue, to help inform you appropriately um, so that you're taking those precautions to make sure that you're not at risk for transmission either. So I think that's one great example. Yes, influenza for sure um, is a great example. Again, um, fully on that kind of infectious disease aspect of the One Health approach, recognizing that in itself, it's kind of a mini One Health issue. Um, another thing I will um, point out is that the National Pork Board, we're using checkoff dollars to fund research in this space to better understand hand hygiene, mask wearing, which masks are the, the, the best um, and most effective at preventing um, transmission um, in barns when there is influenza present. So, again, making sure that we're science-based in those recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great example. Uh, years ago, I did some research where we were um, looking for PERS, but we had PED in the system, and uh, we actually found it in the employee refrigerator. And it, that that actually scared me a bit, right? Because the, the reality of it was is that hands weren't being washed appropriately. And um, influenza, while it, it is zoonotic, we can think of some other diseases that might be a little bit more transmissible through feces that that would scare me a bit. So I think, you know, that's a great example of, of how we can help producers and especially our farm staff who may not be familiar with um, the challenges of working with animals because they don't have an animal background um, and how to protect themselves. Absolutely. And the veterinarian plays a key role in that, right? So, and then the reminder of that's a, a relationship that needs to be developed and maintained, right? So calling in the veterinarian, you're seeing signs of disease or illness in the animals, having them work to diagnose the issue, communicate back to the team, hey, this is a zoonotic disease. Like you said, it's not necessarily influenza. There's all sorts of um, bacteria that um, can be transmitted as well. And so we need to be conscious of that. Some that are direct skin contact, right? I'm thinking of eerie, for instance, um, and so saying, oh, do you notice that that condition right there on, on pigs? You can get that. So if you notice these signs or, you know, go to your doctor right away. 
Um, because even our, our human health physicians, right, they need, um, they may not be used to dealing with um, conditions transmitted from pigs. So if you go in and they don't necessarily ask about your occupation, they can go a completely different route, which would delay diagnosis. So again, that need for that communication with the veterinarian of, hey, we diagnosed this, it's potentially zoonotic. If you're sick, even just writing it on the back of a, a napkin or an envelope, take this word, erysipelothrix or whatever it may be, into your doctor um, so that they know to think about it. My hogs were just diagnosed with this not too long ago, and I noticed that I have that as well. So again, it speaks to the need for those different disciplines to be um, involved in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You had briefly mentioned that you were doing research on hand washing and, and mask wearing. Uh, are there resources today that producers can can print out or, or order from the, the pork board to use within their barns to help their employees be aware of, of worker safety? So right now we have, I, I think, starting first with the PQA Plus um, program and the manual. I would make sure you have those um, within that program. There's all sorts of printouts and tables that you can use. Um, the key reminder of to the importance of employee training and, and um, worker training in that space so that they're aware of how to handle the animals appropriately and all those different parts um, and pieces. Um, during COVID, we had a specific poster that called out kind of sick leave policy and, and kind of staying home with your sick. Um, so that's, that can still be really helpful. Um, so I would encourage folks to, again, reach out or I would encourage folks again to, to check out the um, PQA plus manual, the resources there in um, LMS. And then we also have our um, digital asset library, library at pork.org that contains some fact sheets and other information if they're interested in um, very specific topics, for instance. Perfect. What's on the horizon for One Health? What's, what's the next, the next thing that you're working on that you see coming down to the pork producers and the farm? Ooh, on the horizon. So I will say One Health is changing, and I think it's changing in a good way. So um, a couple years back, this might have been during COVID, you know, it was all a blur. Um, but the, there was a panel, the One Health High Level Expert Panel, so OLEP. O-H-H-L-E-P, I think is what I, I always have the sounded out. And I'm like, what are those letters? Exactly. Um, but they got together. It was experts all over the world. This is a global conversation, right? When we think about One Health. One Health and production may look different in different countries, but this is a concept that applies um, to so many issues worldwide. And so they recognize that, you know, when we're thinking about human health, animal health, and environmental health, it goes a bit beyond that, right? We're thinking of ecosystems. We're thinking of how people interact. We're thinking of different communities, rural communities, urban communities, how they might be impacted by disease. We're thinking about, um, you know, maybe even inequities in, in other areas of what kind of might put folks at um, increased risk. For instance, in the in rural communities, there's often there might be deserts as it relates to healthcare and healthcare access. So pulling that into the conversation and recognizing um, that you may need more than just a few experts to address an issue like an infectious disease outbreak, for instance, because you need to acknowledge that there might be communities that are 
um, more disadvantaged or have less access to care. So it's it's getting even more holistic, right? And just a reminder that you need to pull in these other um, experts to the conversations. Social behavioral sciences, for instance, um, play a huge role. So our anthropologists out there that understand um, have the you know how we work and and what decisions we make and what traditions and cultures are important to us. Um, so that can, again, because that can be relevant to how we change behaviors. Um, so I think with the expansion or the improvement, if you will, of that One Health definition, I think we're seeing more, um, we're seeing that it, it's really all-encompassing now and, and that um, there's more opportunity for application. So again, uh, as I frame up sustainability as a One Health outcome, it applies to that that broader um, definition of One Health. And I will say the OLET group has a really nice figure that, that maps this all out, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking of the figure as I, I'm, I'm describing it here, but I um, encourage folks, there's been a number of white papers that came out um, from that group to at least ground themselves in that definition and be familiar with that figure um, and recognize the role that they play in that One Health um, approach. So I think... Um, again, in the industry, there's an opportunity to, to apply that approach as we think about sustainability, as we engage our consumers and have some tough conversations about their wants and needs and what that really looks like, what that really means for production um, and um, working to meet a kind of shared solve or solution in this case. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really interesting about about this process is that when I go to the medical Field, you see, you see the statement "One Health," and and producers may not necessarily been aware that they were also participating. And so, I really do like this program. And as, as we've talked through the the twenty five minutes or so of, of what One Health is, I think it has a it does have a really nice ability to connect with the consumer today, and particularly the consumers' wants and desires that that we're hearing from them. Um, so I think that's really important for our producers who are listening today to be thinking about going forward, how they can share that story using that terminology, using something that, that some of our folks are familiar with. Absolutely. And that's another piece I mentioned earlier that, you know, that's how we at the National Pork Board support our producers, but also, um, as you mentioned, getting that word back out to our producers, right, that um, this is another way to frame up that issue so that they can start engaging in those conversations themselves and share that story. Again, we're already doing it, um, and it's a great way to really frame up. We're hitting it from all sides, essentially, like really taking a true a holistic approach to, to sustainability. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Heather, I see our time is about up. So um, let's have you maybe do just a couple of key points you would like our listeners to take away from our conversation today. Sure. So I think just a reminder that when we talk about the One Health approach, we're talking about a holistic approach to complex issues that takes into consideration human health, animal health, and environmental health. Within that space, within the swine industry, we recognize that our six we care ethical principles readily map back to that One Health framework. So we really are working in a One Health way every single day on the farm, and we need to start taking credit for that. So for our producers that are watching, you are implementing a One Health approach every single day on the farm. So you can definitely, if you haven't already, start sharing that story. And then lastly is, as we think about sustainability, 
um, we're taking that one health approach to achieve that um, that outcome. So one health is really the methods and then the, the sustainability outcome is that key result that we're driving towards. And there's multiple opportunities for continuous, continued improvements within those methods, within that one health approach to achieve that. It's time for our famous three. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Start your journey with us at Eastman.com. Adiseo is a worldwide leader in animal nutrition, providing nutritional solutions and services which fuel predictable profits. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Curious to discover if you can manage your animal data and team's work with the touch of a finger? Some of the best and largest pig farm holdings worldwide use cloud farms to collect and analyze data like never before. How? With the most advanced mobile app to collect data accurately and super fast. For breeding, farrowing, weaning, and finishing. Also, this is the easiest way to assign tasks to your team and motivate to work more efficiently. You instantly understand what gets done on time and what doesn't. So yes, you can manage your animal data with the touch of a finger. Well, one of the things we like to ask you before we let you go off of our podcast, we like to put our speakers on the spot and ask you a couple of questions that we ask everyone. Um, the first question I'd like to ask you is, is there a resource that you would recommend to our, our listeners today, either related directly to pigs or to the topic that we've talked about? Yeah, so I have, as I look over at my bookshelf, I have um, the human animal medicine text. Um, it was my the first text I used for One Health. Um, so even though it says human animal medicine, um, it really starts to discuss what One Health is and what some of those examples are. Um, so that was my very first kind of foray into to One Health. The other one is the Denegas of Swine. I believe it's the 11th edition. Um, that I always try to flip through from time to time as I'm reviewing certain conditions. So those are my two kind of go-to resources that I have. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the line is absolutely popular. I don't, I don't think I've had a vet yet who doesn't recommend that book. <laughs> uh, how about something that's not related to pigs? Are you reading anything that you would recommend to our listeners today? Oh, not right now. I, um, I'm one of those folks that, um, I go for a lot of walks in my neighborhood. So I listen to one book and then I read another physical book. Um, because you interact, you have the ability to do those at two different times. And so I really enjoy, um, doing that. So I would say in general, I encourage folks. I mean, I'm sure many people are listening to podcasts when they're in the car, but making the most of that time in the car, if you have windshield time. Um, going from site to site or, you know, on a family or what have you. Um, I actually find myself looking forward to, to long trips in the car at times because it's like, oh, I'll finish that book. And then I even plan on what my next book will be. Um, so I, I just kind of encourage folks to, to think about that and, you know, read one book and listen to another. I have a good friend that will read multiple books at a time. That's confusing to me. But listening to one book and then reading another, um, I highly recommend that as a common practice. Interesting. I haven't tried that before, um, but definitely we'll have to look into that and see how that goes. Um, my last question for you is if you could think of someone in your life that you have defined as successful, 
what's a trait that they possess that has allowed them to be successful? Yeah, so I would say um, asking questions and framing them sincerely to to better understand, right? I think there are times when if something doesn't work for us, we say, um, well, I, I don't, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do that. That, And we start to kind of um, ridicule even, you know, whoever implemented a process or something like that. But for folks that have seen successful, they have really strong people skills and they can say, well, help me understand how this works exactly. So I've been trying to implement that into my everyday language of kind of leading from a leaning in from a place of understanding. So help me understand, you know, why, why it's this way, why it's, you know, why we set the, the call up at this time, why we have to do it this way versus, you know, we bring our own thoughts and assumptions and that can start to burn bridges. And so much of success is, you know, building those strong relationships and being likable, if you will, being able to work and collaborate with others and um, have it be an enjoyable experience that they look back to. So I think some of those people skills are really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. I like that one. Well, uh, Heather, I see our time is up today and it's certainly been a pleasure visiting with you and uh, discussing One Health and the opportunities that National Corp Board are are doing with that to help communicate and connect the bridge between producers and and consumers. Uh, For our listeners again today, this is Dr. Heather Fowler, who's the uh, Director of Producer and Public Health at the National Pork Board. Thank you so much, Heather, for your time today. Thank you.